0: Oh,
1: we're starting. I'm Dalton. And
0: this is Looking for the Middle. And that five seconds of audio should tell you how our entire morning has gone. It's
1: been great. I don't know what you're talking about. I am well organized, put together. Look, I am preparing a sermon I taught last night. There's a lot going on in my brain right now. Obviously. And my brain's not that big, so it gets crowded out real easy.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough.
1: By the way, this is Looking for the Middle, a Christian's Guide to Modern Dating.
0: And we're so glad you're here. At the top. Sorry. i
1: was sipping hot coffee.
0: Totally fine. We have social media. If you don't follow us on social media already, you really should.
1: It has a really cool logo.
0: It does. We have a new logo. That's true. If you haven't looked, we have a new website. It's still the same URL, lookingforthemiddle.com.
1: I just realized I never sent you a bio for the website. I'm
0: still waiting on a bio for for the website. But everything else is there and up and running. Um, so we have that, we have a newsletter that comes out every week, uh, sign up for that. We are uh, really excited about all that's going in there. We put, if we talk about something in the episode, a book, another podcast, something like that, we put it in the newsletter, so it makes it easier for you guys to find it. Um, we also have a Facebook group for you ladies out there, it's just a ladies uh, Facebook group to build community, to get to know each other. Uh, if Guys, if you're listening and you would like a similar group, Just for the guys, I think I have just about convinced all to create one for you if there's enough interest. So let us know. And, you know, there's a lot of groups out there on Facebook that are in this singleness, dating, Christian dating sphere, and they're all mixed. So it's guys and girls, which is great for if you're trying to meet someone. But there's a lot of conversation that I think is easier to have when it's just a group of girls or just a group of guys. So we don't, I've had a couple of girls reach out kind of a little bit concerned of like, okay, now that there's a guy on the show, is the Facebook group going to be like guys too? Like, I don't know. And I've said, no, like we're keeping them separate. I think yeah. gonna you in that, um, because the, the purpose of the groups is not to like, oh let's meet someone. There are groups out there that go join those groups for that. But the purpose of our group is to build community with like minded women on facebook and just be able to to talk about you know what we're walking through things we're struggling with and just have a little bit more vulnerability because it's all girls and then it would be the same for guys if you're interested so don't worry we're not changing that just wanted to get that out there don't panic everything will be okay
1: don't fret also i almost quoted parks and rec last episode and i didn't and i was very proud of myself why because you went off on a tangent too quick for me to bring it up.
0: I'm so sorry. It was uh,
1: when uh, April looks at Andy and says, I love you. And he goes, dude, awesome. <laughs> and high fives her.
0: Oh, he's so funny on that show.
1: Yeah, and it has absolutely nothing so, to do with what we're talking about today. But it. my brain went there.
0: I do have a question of the day. And I actually thought you have talked about Andy. It kind of, I feel like this would be a question he would ask if he were on the show. So, the question is more of a fill in the blank. Are you ready for this?
1: Mm, Yes.
0: Okay. In my fridge, there is always blank. How would you answer that question? In
1: my fridge, there is always bacon. This is (laughs) not even a joke. My arteries are probably going to be clogged by the time I'm 40. I love bacon (laughs) of all kinds. And when it goes on sale, it is like Christmas for me. Yeah, right now it's—I don't even remember the name of this company. Well, I probably shouldn't shout them out anyway, but thick-cut bacon only, though, because I don't believe in just a whatever normal traditional cut that's stupid. Okay. Because there's so much water in it that when you cook it, it shrivels up, and you have bacon that's like three inches long, and it's stupid. It is stupid.
0: Stupid, okay. You know
1: what the dumbest creation ever was? uh Pre-cooked bacon.
0: Okay, that stuff is weird.
1: That Oscar Mayer stuff you can microwave? That's stupid. It's
0: weird. Okay, so I have a follow-up question, and then I'll answer this one. Okay. Um, how much would you judge me if I told you that I really like turkey bacon?
1: I mean, it's just proof that all of a sudden falls short of the glory of God. I mean...
0: Okay. But... Come on. Like no, like, those. you're
1: <laughs> you're dwelling in the, the old covenant where they couldn't have pork. You are not delighting in... The joys now of the the fact so that we get essential. to partake. I, it might be, <laughs> very well could be.
0: Oh my word! No, okay. So my answer to the original is turkey question, bacon. No, it's not. Is um.
1: Oh, and oat milk. Oh, I
0: love oat milk. I was about to say almond milk because yeah, one good. I don't like real milk, but I don't drink enough or use enough of the almond milk for it to go through it really quickly. So it's always in my fridge. There's just, it's always sitting
1: there if I ever need it. I love, do you have, you? do you like oat milk? I do. It, it felt like you were going to have a butt there or something. Right, it's no, better I than almond milk. I, don't,
0: I, I like almond milk better. I don't dislike oat milk, but I like almond milk better.
1: Except I don't like the, I accidentally bought extra creamy oat milk the other day, and Ooh. that stuff was thick. That sounds gross. I felt like it would stick to the roof of my mouth. Uh-huh. I was uh-huh. not a fan of that.
0: I don't like that. Uh-huh. Okay. So, on that note, let's somehow write it back in. I don't think we can even transition. We're just gonna hard stop, move into the topic for today, which is dating is not a biblical construct. So oh. what do we do about it? we say, oh, like you wit- know what we're talking about. We're
1: talking about that today? Yeah. I did not, not know that. I don't have a full breakdown of it right in front of my no. face. Wow. I did that to the kids last night in our children's ministry. I was asking them a question. And then one of them made a comment, and I was like, Oh, I had no idea. This is brand new. So Sarcasm true. went right over their head. Um, sometimes some of the best
0: part about teaching kids is you say stuff and you're like, you Boom. Have no idea right
1: over that. your head. Why <laughs> dating is not a biblical construct and yeah. what to do about it. I want to add a distinction here. Please do. Before we get into this, what we are not saying is dating is unbiblical.
0: Yes or no. You know what I mean. No, we're not saying that. Yes, I agree with you. It can go okay. either way. Thanks
1: for explaining that more because that was <laughs> confusing. <laughs> uh, we are not saying that dating is an unbiblical thing to do. So let's just go ahead and throw that out there, and you'll see that playing out more. But I don't want you to just immediately tune out at the very beginning of this. Yes. So.
0: So let's pull a question from down here to up to the top because I think that it's a good segue into what mm. you're saying. So the question is basically – basically I have like five questions on here that we're going to answer – to kind of really get at the heart of this. And one of them is, if is something unbiblical because it's not in the Bible at all? No. Okay.
1: Uh, I believe there are principles in Scripture that should inform the way that we approach dating and relationships. Uh, even though the term is not necessarily there, the principles still apply. Mm-hmm. So we won't see the word dating in the Bible unless it's talking about an actual date and a time period, which has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Um, The concept uh, of dating is honestly a newer concept. It's not been out for that super long. Mm -hmm. So it, it is not in the Bible. It does not say when you're dating this person, here's what you should do. If you want to date this person, here's what you should say. That's not there. And yet we still believe that all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for proof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That the Word of God is sufficient to answer all of life's great questions and needs. So we do come to the Scriptures, and what we find is that there are a lot of principles that should guide the way that we approach dating. I think first and foremost—can I just jump into these? Yeah. First and foremost, the number one thing uh, that I tell people the purpose of dating is, is for marriage.
0: Yes.
1: Again, a lot of people were probably going to just want to shut down after hearing that because there's so much pressure out there
0: yeah. in
1: the church of just get married, just get married, just get mm-hmm. married.
0: And you got so many single people going, I'm trying. We, we, we actually did, it's actually a miniseries a few seasons ago that was just called What's the Point? and talking about dating. And the one we had several, the point of dating is marriage. The point of dating is sanctification. The point of dating, we had several things, but we did an episode entirely around the point of dating is marriage. And I'll put it in the newsletter. It's actually one of my favorite episodes that we've like, it's one of my all time favorites. So I'll post that, but I don't, uh, I don't disagree with you at all that that is the point. But I think because of the connotations that come with that in a lot of what people mean in Christian circles, there's a a burden that comes with that that I don't think is necessary.
1: Yeah. So I, I would say if we look at like the, the theology behind marriage, um, you see in creation, um, God says it's not good for man to be alone. I'm going to make a helper suitable for him. He gives him Eve. The two become one. They're unified together. It is a good thing to be married. Now, I'm not saying that singleness is bad. Paul clearly says it's not. Right, but it is a good thing to be married, to desire uh, a spouse, someone to be married to, because God created it. And so, of course, it's going to be good. Um, and your, your dating is in pursuit of that. You are trying to get to know this person for the purpose of seeing if they are someone you would get married to. Now, what that does not mean is guys go on the first date and look at her and go, I want to marry you. Yeah. <laughs> she going to run. Yeah. Yeah. Appetizers aren't even going to be out there yet. I don't care if you went to TGI Fridays or if you went to Applebee's and got half-price apps, she gone. Do not propose to her on the first date. Uh This is me not just giving a recommendation. This is me telling you point blank, don't do it. But date with intentionality and with purpose. Yeah. So we have the purpose in place. I want to see if this is the person that I can spend the rest of my life with throughout this process of dating. Are there other principles that you would say should guide our dating relationships?
0: Yes. I think as with so much, uh, so many other things when it comes to the Christian life, it is one that is marked by humility and selflessness. Mm -hmm. And I think obviously the marriage relationship is one that is marked by that in so many ways and that's one of the top things I look for in someone is someone who is humble who is teachable who is selfless and when people ask me what is the one thing that is um the most the biggest contributor to a happy marriage and that's I'll say selflessness two people who are trying to out to each other in selflessly serving the other um and so I think our dating relationships should be marked by that too Um, and it's hard sometimes because with uh, dating is such a consumeristic thing in this country. It's, I get what I want out of it. I'm looking for this. I want that. And maybe they're good things. I want a guy who's this. I want a guy who's that. I want a guy who's whatever. Just
1: looking for the middle.
0: (laughs) You got that in there pretty quick, this one, this episode. So I think though, if we approach relationships with the mentality being, I want to be who God has called me to be. I want to be a person who is pursuing the Lord and see what comes of this relationship as opposed to going into it saying, I want this, I want that. I have to see, he has to be this, he has to be that. And this whole list of things that you're trying to check off, I think it would, like you say a lot, it would like take out some of the complication, um, I don't mean, though, throw all of the things you're looking for out the window. I don't mean that as long as he's a Christian, get married. I'm just saying if our focus in singleness and then how we look at dating as singles, but then also how we look at relationships as we're in them is more of the most important thing is for me to be like Jesus. I think that would serve us all well.
1: So I would say early stages to feed off of what you just said. um, If you're deciding if you want to go out with a person – you shouldn't have all these criteria and say, unless they meet X, Y, and Z, I will not go out with them. How are you going to know if they're a humble person if you haven't gone out with them a couple of times and actually gotten to know them? Yeah. How are you going to know that they're not teachable? How are you going to know that they don't seriously dive deep into the word of God. Like you, you have to give a period of getting to know this person.
0: Yeah. Well, cause one thing we say on here a lot is you're looking for patterns. You're looking for patterns in someone's life. You're not looking for perfection and humility. You're not looking for perfection in anything, but if you're looking for a pattern, you're looking for consistency and inherent to consistency. I always say is time. You have to give something time to see if there's consistency because that's the only way you can see it. And so, yeah, if, you, if you're turning someone down for a first date or early dates based on, well, they're not X, Y, Z, or I'm looking for this or I'm looking for that, unless you've known that person and have observed them in that context for a period of time, you don't know. And I would venture to say you are turning down that person based on a version of reality you've created in your mind good bad or indifferent
1: and we've already talked about the knights and shining armor and exactly supermodels with an esp bible <laughs> and all of that stuff yeah um where you you won't go out with someone unless they're your perfect 10 mm-hmm. your perfect 10 yeah uh, which is just unfair unwise and unreasonable but i think what i would say if we're going to say the major overarching principle is dating for the purpose of marriage what does god's word have to say about what a husband should be What does God's word have to say about a wife should be? And you should be over the course of time and dating and getting to know them, looking at what does God say about this person? Mm -hmm. What should he be? What should she be? Are they modeling a deep and profound love for the Lord? Are they modeling a pursuit for Christ and for others? Do they love neighbor itself? How do they treat other people? For the guy, does he know his Bible? Does he seek to pursue the Lord? And we'll go. let me just go to the, the major passage that I think um, is often used and misused at the same time, uh, the passage in Ephesians where it talks about what husbands should be and wives should be, because the church is really good at, about talking about the wives submit to your husbands. Mm-hmm. Great about talking about that one. Really bad about, and husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and laid down his life for her. What you said just a few minutes ago is that you're looking for humility. Marriage is the greatest act of humility outside of obviously Christ condescending and and Mm then coming to the earth and dying for us because a wife is humbling herself and submitting to the authority of her husband. A husband is humbling himself and laying down his own preferences for the need of another. Both are acting in humility. Yeah. And that's what you're looking for. The guiding principle should be, what does God say about this? Mm Mm-hmm and that's what you're you're honestly pursuing in dating. But again, dating isn't
0: in the Bible. No, it's not. And we all we all know that, and I feel like that's something that everyone's like, "Oh yeah, well I know it's not." But okay, what does that look like? And unfortunately, we also all know that we've seen the fallout from the purity culture and the courtship movement, which for a long time was held up as basically the only quote-unquote biblical alternative. And so when people hear things like, well, dating is for marriage, I think that's where some of that, you know, the cringe comes from is because that was the the banner that all of the purity culture was under of like dating is for marriage. And what that unfortunately led to was a, the thought that it was, well, you need to know before your first couple of dates whether or not this is someone you could marry or else you're leading them on. Yeah. And so there's a... You know, we t- the pendulum swings, and I don't want it to swing too far in the other direction to where Christian stating looks just like the world. Mm. Um, and so unfortunately, yes, as, as you said earlier, uh, looking for the middle is your only option. Well, and I throw it
1: out there um, jokingly to see when I can fit it in there, but that's genuinely yeah. what we're talking about is trying to find that middle ground. And look, if, if you're listening and you're convinced of one particular model of courtship, Go for it. Sure. That is where your conscience is leading you and your convictions are leading you. Go for it. If you're convinced that that's not the appropriate model for you, that's fine too. Because I think in all of this, we try and force our understandings of how to get to marriage as being the only truth. Mm -hmm. And because these concepts are not in the Bible, Mm -hmm. they cannot be that main, that this is the only way.
0: And that's where I think, there have been a couple of times we've gotten push back a little bit even on the show for oh you said this or you said that then that's not biblical and i said okay your your counterpoint isn't biblical either because neither of them are in the bible and i think one thing i would encourage people is like you said if if you're if we're all following our conscience in this and we're not none of us are in blatant sin and how we're operating on something i think we have to have a lot of grace and understanding for we're pursuing the Lord the best we know how. And we're navigating things that are they're not unbiblical. They're the Bible is silent on that very specific narrow thing. And on those things, there is an element of preference in following your conscience. And I think we need to be really careful holding things to, well, this is biblical. Mm-hmm. This is the way when The principles are biblical. The principles of how you operate relationships are biblical. The Bible is clear on how people should relate to one another. But the practical workings out of that, workings out, working out of that, in, you know, 21st century modern America are going to look a little different. And that's okay. So you should have to be careful. I was
1: having a conversation with um, a leader at my church a couple weeks ago just talking about the fact that, as christians we need to learn to disagree well Mm. of we're not going to agree on everything and everyone takes it to the extreme one way or the other Mm -hmm. of i believe this and there's no other way well actually i believe this and there's no other way and that that doesn't make any sense we needed to learn to disagree on issues that are not primary issues we're not talking about salvific saving issues here we're talking about dating.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think where a lot of people go wrong with stuff you talked about, you just said, um, I do this and there's no other way. That may be a true statement for you. Mm-hmm. According to your conscience and according to your convictions about scripture, there is no other way for you to do that thing that would be obedient. Uh, this is a, we just have to be careful extending that no other way to then all of Christianity.
1: This is a complete side note. Christians have lost the ability to fellowship with mm. people that are not necessarily like minded in their ways. Mm-hmm. I think, again, I've talked about this before you need primary, secondary, tertiary. Uh-huh. Primary issues, okay, these are disfellowshipping issues. Sure. But if it's secondary and tertiary, we make everything primary to us. Everything is important to us. Everything is uh, if you don't agree with me, get out of here type mentality. And that is, that is unbiblical. Yes. Because you're disfellowshipping people that disagree with you Mm -hmm. on these issues that are not major. Yeah. Major theological issues.
0: Yeah, we have been... um... We're about to start. Well, it's probably a few weeks ago by the time this airs, but the Facebook group, the girls were studying through Ephesians, um, just doing like a precept study through Ephesians together. And so I just kind of challenged everyone. Okay, let's just read Ephesians every day, or listen to it, whatever. But for the you know the weeks leading up to it, let's listen to it. And it, I listened to it a lot in the car, and it just it it's different when you hear it read than reading it sometimes. And I've just been struck by how just in a different way, how important unity is, how important the unity of the body is. And if that's such an important thing, then you have to be able, you have to let go of some of the, not let go of, but let go of the control, let go of the need to be right in some of those other things, because we're not going to all agree on everything. And if our goal is unity, so long as we agree on, like you said, the salvific issues, then, again, it goes back to humility. The humility to say, this is what I believe and this is what I follow, but I will still fellowship. I will still have relationship with you. Um, I think that's a very, yeah, missing art, lost art a little bit. So, yeah.
1: So it is important to distinguish what we just distinguished, even though it's a slight rabbit trail. I think it ties into... It's okay to disagree on this. Don't just blast us because we are articulating for one particular vision. Yeah. It, it is okay. We can have discourse. So back to the original nature of the conversation. Yeah. Talking about the guiding principle is scripture of you're dating for the purpose of marriage. Uh, we, we find principles in scripture of what he must be, what she must be. This is what it looks like. Um, anything else you want to add on there with the principles before we kind of move? Okay. Nope, I'm good. Um. So I think the next question on here is, is it biblical to follow along with the cultural norm that is not outlined in the Bible? Yeah. And we, we touched on this a little bit. This, this is a more recent cultural issue. What we're articulating here is not dating according to the culture. Yeah. Dating to the cor- according to the culture is what you said before, consumeristic. What do I get out of this? So I'm here to have fun. I enjoy your presence. You make, you me, make happy. me happy. You make <laughs> me feel good. Um, there's even the the sleeping around, getting around mm-hmm. mentality out in the culture. Obviously, that should not be in the church at all. Um, but we can make Christian dating consumeristic. Of this is how you make me feel. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna push back against what the culture says. Of I, the JG Wentworth style. Dating of it's my dating and I want it now, it's my fun and I want it now, it's my enjoyment and I want it now. Mm-hmm. It's not about you. And here's the other news flash it's not about the other person.
0: No, you're it's not. you
1: are to be dating the ultimate goal, chief end of man. You know, the chief end of man is Bethany
0: to glorify God and enjoy Him forever, exactly. Yep,
1: so the chief end of man in dating should be to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. So is your dating for the purpose of glorifying God is your dating for the purpose of delighting in a good gift that God has given. Yeah. That's our starting point.
0: Yes. And that, yeah, that's the starting point. The starting point is not, let me find, the, the starting point is to date well as a Christian. The starting point is to date in a God honoring way. The starting point is not, let me find the opposite of dating because it's, what the world does Mm -hmm. i think this is that you can this is an in the world but not of it scenario where you function in society you function according to these cultural norms because they're not anti-biblical they're not something that is said this is wrong the way you go about it could be wrong and so it's to date well honoring the lord not let me completely run the other direction i think
1: yeah and convictions are going to be different for different people mm-hmm. we just talked about that but uh, i mean i'll even say on the concept of dating you know it for a wisdom purpose it might be wiser for you to do a lot more of group settings and public settings of dating yeah because Fine. that's where you're at mm-hmm. go for it uh, we we just want you to go with what your convictions say yeah. to do if it's done under the banner of the glory of the lord and in submission to scripture mm-hmm. Those are my caveats.
0: Yeah, because because if you're doing that, the Lord is leading you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what you want to follow, not the two of us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not – and don't look for – if your conscience is leading you one way, but maybe we say something different, like search out scripture, see what is right, but follow what you think is right because we should not be held up as that authority.
1: Yeah. Um, I want to push back against an argument that I've heard before in the, since dating is not in the Bible, is it unbiblical? I've heard people say before, well, the word Trinity is not in the Bible. Oh. Uh, I actually don't like that argument.
0: (laughs) I've never heard it. I was just kind of like, I've heard people say
1: before, well, the word Trinity is not in the Bible, but it's clearly there. Completely different. So let me, let's separate those things completely because that,
0: the concept of
1: the Trinity is all over the pages of scripture. Yeah. Don't at me. It's there. (laughs) Pretty straightforward. This one on the other hand, very gray.
0: Yeah. Dating is
1: very gray. Mm-hmm. And we're just trying to find, okay, what does scripture say about this? Where's the Lord leading yeah. in this? What's wise about this? It's not unbiblical.
0: Right. <laughs> it's not
1: unbiblical. Yeah. So let me throw that out there. Because it's not in the Bible does not mean it's unbiblical, and it's also the other extreme of it's still very vague. So don't try and throw other theological things at me. That I've heard <laughs> from certain <laughs> schools and things like that.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I've never heard that. And I feel like putting dating on the same level as, oh, well, who God is. Like, no. So yeah. I don't is know that, how
1: I got off on that side, no, side but that's note, but I, good. I a lot. I had
0: not heard that, which kind of leads us to, We actually, I had a girl reach out. Um, I think she, she had mentioned it, maybe in the Facebook group or something, just talking about, and this is not... Just her. This is a very common thing that I've heard myself. I, other people have heard, um, is talking about online dating. Mm. And it's interesting because dating itself is not in the Bible, but people, for whatever reason, want to draw this hard line at online dating that regular dating's fine, but if you go online, you're not trusting God. And it just kind of came up recently again with someone having said that. People in her church said, oh, well, why are you online dating? And she's like, oh, you know, it's a small town. It's hard to meet people. Laundry list of things, whatever it is. And they were like, no, 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 no. Like, why are you online at all? Like, what makes you think that's okay? Like, they were basically saying that she was not trusting the Lord. He would bring someone into her life. Which I think is absolutely ridiculous. I I, I think my response was basically, okay, if they would also argue that you walking across the room and introducing yourself to someone who was new at church and then getting to know them is wrong, then okay, maybe we can talk. Because that is just as much your initiative as putting yourself on an online dating app. There's, There's nothing... In scripture, that would indicate that that is a hard line we should not cross. And that, okay, here's where you're not trusting the Lord, but going out and putting yourself out there and meeting people is. I mean, if they would say yes, you should sit at home and literally wait for Amazon to drop him off. Okay, fine. Is there a
1: two-day delivery on that? Just curious. Asking for a friend.
0: (laughs) I don't think it's free, but yes. Deal. (laughs) So, I don't know why... That's the line we we stop at. Um but it's frustrating because that is no more or less in the Bible than dating itself. So I don't know why that's the thing, but it kind of leads into then talking about like okay, God's sovereignty balanced with our own efforts when it comes to dating and how that plays out.
1: There's so much that goes into this. <laughs> um again, we're unapologetic in the fact that we believe that God is sovereign. Absolutely. Sovereign over all things that he has a plan and he's working out his plan for our good and for his glory. Bottom line, that's the position where we're at. We're not going to sit here and roast you if you don't agree with us. We're just articulating... That's
0: where we're coming from. Actually,
1: this is where we're coming from. Yes. Um, I do believe God is sovereign in relationships. Mm-hmm. That um, if he has designed you for marriage, which most people are. I don't know a lot of people with a gift of singleness. If he has called you to marriage... He is going to give you a spouse one day. Yes. There's that encouragement. Mm-hmm. What happens is we think, okay, I think I should be getting married. Now. <laughs> I believe that God uh, has called me to be married. So when, when's he going to show up? When's she going to show up? And we start to try and control the narrative take over this aspect of controlling the sovereignty of God praying specifically for it God can you give it to me now? can I have that now because we're like toddlers that don't understand the the concept of waiting yeah of I'm waiting patiently yeah I'm sitting uh-huh. here waiting on on this thing that you have given yeah. no you're not uh-huh. that's not waiting but at the same time on the flip side of that 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 doesn't take human responsibility out of the equation. So there's this, there's this message that's sent, and I apologize because it happens predominantly to women, of mm-hmm. if you will just sit and be content, God will give you a husband. Huh. Now, I think you should have a contented attitude,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that the posture of your heart is that you delight in God so much so that you are okay with this season of singleness because you trust the Lord that does not mean that you're sitting on the couch day after day waiting for the doorbell to ring and mm-hmm. Mr. Dreamy walking to the door.
0: Here's your husband. With
1: flowers to say, I am here to woo you. Yeah. It doesn't work like it that. It doesn't.
0: And I think, though, I've said this a lot, contentment does not equal complacent. Mm-hmm. I can be content and very active in bringing about change in whatever area of my life, whether it's a job, whether it's school, whether it's whatever. The only place we seem to really talk about this like this is when it comes to relationships. If I said, man, I really want to get into such and such school, but my grades just aren't quite what they need to be, or I don't, whatever, or they don't know I'm here. Mm -hmm. And there's a process for how you kind of go about that, letting them know, sending in applications, doing the things, working the steps, whatever no one would say well if you would just be content then the lord will th- you'll get into that school because god is sovereign or if i need a new car and i'm not going to just not tell anyone and sit there and hope a car shows up like that's ludicrous in any other aspect of life but when it comes to dating we say well if you're not content and you don't just sit around god's not going to bring someone to you you're trying to make it happen and take that away from god it just doesn't make sense
1: so let me throw out a couple of things that are going to lead to my soapbox okay. that I need to get on.
0: So it's like a soap uh, step stool. This We're is uh, steps. the
1: steps to the box. Got it. So we just brought this one up. The one of the main issues is you need to be content, and we translate that to complacency. If you will just sit and wait, God will bring you your significant other. Um, there is also the concept of God is sovereign, but we try and control His will. We try and do all of these things running around frantically going, okay, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do because God has chosen me to have a husband. Stop it. (laughs) Uh, But the other thing that can happen is we become very anxious about this.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That it's the Mm -hmm. thing that is constantly on our hearts and on our minds. We're thinking about it constantly. God, why have you not given me a spouse? You know I want one so very much. Why have you not opened that door? Are you still there? Do you still love me? Do you have a plan? And we start to question the motives of God as if we could do that. Who is the clay to look at the pattern and say, why have you made me this way?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it, it, there, there was one author, Sinclair Ferguson, um, who said that, I mentioned this last episode, and I'm going to mention it again, that it's not that those that are anxious are thinking negatively about that. It's actually much worse. They are thinking untheologically about life. They have way too low a view of God and who He is. And it, it takes me to uh, a passage that by the time this airing I will have preached on, which is Matthew 6, the passage on do not be anxious, starting at verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. So uh, it's a Hebrew idiom, this or that. A small comparison to a larger comparison. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you of not more value than they? And then it skips on down, um, fast-tracking here. Uh, Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how uh, how they grow. They neither toil nor they spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Now, on first reading of this, we see this as the birds, they don't work. The lilies, yeah. they don't work. And look how much more God cares for us. If God provides for them, clearly he's going to provide for me. Yeah. So if they don't work, then I—it's God will just provide for me if I'm just sitting here waiting on it. Mm-hmm. But there is an important distinction being made here that I think we need to read in, from the text yeah. of look at the birds. They don't sow or reap. Look at the lilies. They don't toil or spin. Yet God has made you to work. Mm-hmm. God has made you to be obedient in following him and getting to work. How much more will he provide for those creatures that he made to actually get out there and do something? Mm-hmm. God yeah. will provide abundantly for you, but it doesn't take the human responsibility out of the equation. Yeah. You still have to get off the couch and go and do. If you're looking to get married and you're not around anyone, I'm sorry, but it ain't going to happen. Yeah, You have to actually get out there and do something about it.
0: Which sounds daunting, but it's also freeing. Because it's saying, okay, you have to do, but all you have to do is what you have to do. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a freedom in that of, okay, I really think I'm doing the best and what I can. And that's, I feel like that's where the trust in the Lord's sovereignty comes in. Not by my doing, I am negating it. But in my doing, in my obedience, in my stepping out... I am fulfilling my responsibility, and God's sovereignty will be even more abundant and evident because he will work it out. And there's a freedom and trust there that sitting on the couch can't give you because you you know you're supposed to be doing something.
1: God delights in honoring faithfulness. Yes. So if we are faithful and obedient to him, he will honor that. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that you're going to get everything you want. I can go work as hard as I can praying for a Ferrari. <laughs> that's not how that's going to work. God no. is not a divine wish list. No. But if we're getting up and, and the Lord the Lord says it's not good for you to be alone, you know that he uh, has not given you the gift of singleness, and so you, you want to be married, you need to get plugged into your local church, get involved heavily there, you need to have community around you, and mm-hmm. you need to be around single people. Yeah, And involved in that community as well of reaching out and getting to know people for the purpose of seeing if this person would be suitable to marry.
0: Yeah, and I think a huge part of the the responsibility in doing that is at the same time, like we were kind of saying before, of keeping at the forefront of that, that your primary responsibility is to be who the Lord called you to be. To be obeying Him, to be following and pursuing Him, your primary responsibility is not, to find a husband or to find a wife. Mm -hmm. Your primary responsibility is obedience. And we've talked in previous seasons about being who the person you're looking for is looking for. If you're looking for a godly, humble, caring, teachable, kind spouse, well, you should probably be a godly, humble, teachable, kind person. And if you're not cultivating your own sanctification because you're so distracted with doing all of the things and looking for a person, you're probably going to find yourself in a place of being frustrated that all these guys you're talking to or dating or whatever turn out to not be that great. And you're like, what is the problem here? Because you've lost sight of pursuing the Lord and deepening your own sanctification. And so your reality of that has gotten a little skewed.
1: I want to go back for a second to the thinking on theologically. Yeah. Uh, because I think... If I say this correctly, this will be an encouragement to all of those that are single and are in the process of dating. Yeah. Um, because we get so anxious and so worried about uh, this idea of dating and am I doing it right? It's, it's not uh, necessarily in the Bible, and so I don't know if this is the best approach. And we get so worked up <laughs> because we're not thinking right about God. Mm-hmm. So let's let's just think for a moment on on who this God is. I'm, this is not one of those self help talks where I want you to close your eyes and imagine.
0: Okay. I actually
1: genuinely, listener, want you to walk outside for a moment. Yeah. And look at the sky mm. and think about how tiny you are in comparison to that sky. Yep. And then let's expand it a little bit further and start thinking about the stars that are out there. The fact that our planet is actually not that big. Yeah. It's, it's smaller true. than the sun. And we expand that, and the sun's actually pretty small compared to other mm-hmm. stars. And then we look at our galaxy, and it's tiny. In comparison. And we haven't even scraped the surface of the expanses of the universe, and yet the scriptures say that God holds all of it in the palm of his hand.
0: And he breathed out the stars. Yes. Like, Like, that's the amount of effort it took.
1: Upholding all of this by his power. Yeah. By his authority. So God is way bigger than we could ever imagine, Mm -hmm. way more powerful than we could ever fathom. And yet what we're seeing in that passage... I'm getting preachy here. What we're seeing in that passage in Matthew 6 of not being anxious, Yeah. it talks about the fact that God loves your creation, Mm
0: -hmm. his creation
1: of you, way more than anything else. So if God is upholding the expanses of the universe in the palm of his hand, and yet he says, I love you, my special creation, more than anything else, how much more is he going to provide for you if you would just step out in faith and trust him.
0: Yep. And I have you ever seen? I don't. It's a Louis Giglio thing. I don't agree with Louis Giglio on a handful of number of things, but this was good. He Look, you don't
1: have to caveat that. No, it's well, okay. I, just, I know exactly where you're going. It's, have you seen yes, the video
0: about the stars and the all I, of that? I
1: was at one of those. Oh, things. okay. You've, okay, so you
0: heard it. Yeah. I'll okay. put it in the newsletter.
1: Indescribable tour.
0: It's about yes. It's yeah, it was Chris Tomlin and him. Anyway, it's about it's about forty minutes. And I've sent it to several people in the past and said, you know, the main part, I was like, just watch the first, like, 10 or 15 minutes. And every person I've ever sent it to is like, I watched the whole thing. Like, you can't stop. And he just goes through, really, how big some of the stars out there are compared to our Earth. And Lindsay and I just went out to, out west, went to Utah, mountains, you know, Idaho, all of that. And it sounds dumb, but the mountains are really big. I've never been out West and seen the real mountains, Mm. but we were just literally sitting at the top of one of the mountains thinking how small we are compared to one mountain on one planet that is really small compared to a lot of us. It's just so humbling. But
1: God reveals the fact that he is a personal God. Mm -hmm. He is not disconnected like all the other Mm -hmm. made up gods that are out there in the universe. And when I say universe, I'm talking about the ones that we've made Um, up. The God of the Bible, the the true God, is, yes, He is massive and all-powerful, and yet He has revealed Himself so graciously to Mm -hmm. us so that we can know Him and walk with Him and love Him. I mean, Christ redeems us so we can have that relationship with Him. So God is really personal in that and really caring It's not like he's this big bad beanie that's out there trying to punish you for something. If you're in Christ, you are his child. And that's an important principle to remember in dating. I know we've kind of, it feels like we've gone off for a second here, but this is important to remember in dating that God is is in control Mm -hmm. and he is powerful. And yet he is personal and he cares about the fact that you desire this thing. Yeah. But what he wants from you is not that you would desire this thing number one overall, is that you would desire to follow him in obedience. And he will provide in the way that he sees fit.
0: Yeah. It's saying, Lord, I really want this thing. Marriage, I want this job. I want to get into the school. I want whatever the thing is, but I want to obey you more. I want to honor you more. And I'm holding this with an open hand saying, This is what I really want. But obedience to you is more. So if you're saying wait or you're saying not now, then I will be content. I will be content in that. But I will continue to strive towards that goal in deference to your will.
1: Well, and and I will say with this, because what you just said was more on those that are looking to date. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Let me say this to those that are dating. Mm, Yeah. Lay it at the feet of Jesus. Lay it before him. Mm Mm-hmm. I am going to follow you. I am going to be obedient to you as I get to know this person and uh, the awful word of pursue, pursuing a relationship. (laughs) You're in it, yeah. but you lay it all down to the Lord and say, you're in control of this, not me. I'm going to follow Mm you. I'm going to go where you say go. I'm not going to go where you say don't go. I'm going to seek you in your word and in prayer and through community. And the Lord will honor that. It might not be that person. This right. is not that there are other fish in the sea conversations. This is a God really is in control.
0: Yeah. Well, and going back to, I think, what was it last week where you were, t- you were talking about a lot of us trying to force things to happen is a, a a need for control and taking that control away from, from God. And I think a lot of times because Christian dating is difficult, because there isn't a huge pool, because there aren't as many Christians, because we are seeing more and more people who are older and single in the church. When you do start dating someone, there is so much that temptation of, this is my shot. You know, I have to make this one work because it's been however many years. And what if there's not someone else? And I think in those moments, that is a huge test of, okay, put your money where your mouth is. This is where the rubber meets the road. Do you trust the Lord? Do you trust that if you are obedient and follow how he says relationships between brothers and sisters in Christ should look and then pursue that? and let it be what it is, do you truly trust that God's plan is not just good, but it's the best good for you, even if that means this doesn't work out?
1: I'm going to say something controversial. Oh, great. Because we've been talking about the fact (laughs) that uh, dating really is gray, Mm
0: -hmm. and that
1: people try and force their own opinions and beliefs around this to be factual, true, biblical. Um, When I was in physics, so I took physics in high school, and in physics you have formulas and equations that help you get to the solution that you need. So if I have the right formula, Mm. I will get the outcome that I want. I think the reason that God has been so gray as it pertains to the process of getting to marriage and dating is because we would try and control things.
0: Mm. We
1: would take it and say, okay, I have the perfect formula. Therefore, I'm going to get what I want.
0: Because we so tend towards legalism, and we can check the boxes and do all the things. If
1: I do everything legalistic and perfectly, I will get the spouse I want.
0: Yeah, because we so view God as a, if this, then that. I did all of the things. I did what you asked. Okay, now you have to hold up your end of the bargain. When in reality... um, you know, people want to quote the Romans eight twenty eight. all things work together for good. But if you keep reading a little, you find out real quick, the good is to make you more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And maybe this relationship not working out is the best way to do that right now. Maybe the, maybe being single for longer is the best way to do this. And I'm saying this as someone who's 35 and single and doesn't really want to be that way. I get it. No. This is not us having figured it all out. Now we're going to tell you about it. We're in the trenches of this too. Mm-hmm. These are things that we preach to ourselves. These are conversations that we have with each other. These are things that we talk about. Because we're reminding ourselves God is good, he's in control, and he wants our best for us.
1: I get so frustrated with myself, this is a personal moment here, and with other people of when I or when others try and control God mm. and manipulate and try and weigh the scales to fit what they want. So we pray in such a way of where we act like we're being hyper-spiritual and we're saying what we're supposed to be saying, when in all actuality we're trying to Get God to do what we want on our terms, or the Mm -hmm. the the way that we interact with the significant other of we're trying to say the right things to manipulate the outcome Mm -hmm. so we get what we want. That is all completely and totally lacking in faith.
0: Yeah, and and the pride of thinking that we can outsmart God—he doesn't know what we're really doing. Are you kidding me?
1: Newsflash, (laughs) yeah, big time. You are not in control. Yeah, God is. Yeah. And yet we flip everything on its head. That's the that's the problem in Genesis 3.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The serpent comes to the, warm, the woman flipping the authority structure on its head, but it makes them question who's really in charge here. Yeah. Is it God or is it man? And then you see sin plunged into the world. We see the same thing playing out in dating. Who's yep. really in control of my dating relationship? Is it God or is it me? Yeah. Update, according to the scriptures... <laughs> You don't play a part in this. Now you have the human responsibility of following him in obedience. I'm not yes. backtracking on what I just that. said. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. God is in control of all these things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Submit to him. Follow him. Step out in faith and being obedient to what he's called you to and what to look for. Leave the results up to him. Yep. I mean, even the, like my favorite missionary passage, Paul saying, I planted the seed of Paul is watered. It's the Holy Spirit that harvests. Mm-hmm. Yep. the work was done, it's completely up to the it's Lord to the as Lord. to what he'll do with that.
0: Yep.
1: Same thing with dating.
0: Yeah. And I think when viewed correctly, and I don't always view that correctly, that is the single most encouraging thing about dating there is. Hmm. Uh, you know, if, if you're really viewing that correctly, if you're viewing God's character correctly, knowing that he is completely in control of it, Is so encouraging when you're not viewing it correctly. It's absolutely terrifying because you're probably not viewing God and his character correctly. And when you think of him being in control of it, you're thinking, well, great. Nothing's ever worked out. It's not ever going to, because God's, you know, I messed up and God's just withholding this. That's not his character. Mm -hmm. You're not viewing his character correctly, but when you are, I think that's one of the most encouraging things about dating. so
1: if if I had to, which is funny, if you listened to last week's episode, it was shotgun. We were all over the place. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: this time, I mean we're sniper rifle precision, and I feel great about it because if I had to summarize everything we just said
0: mm-hmm.
1: that in terms of approaching um, is dating biblical, we we had that conversation. Yeah. But our biblical approach to dating is the chief end of dating, glorify God and enjoy him, yeah. The purpose is in pursuit of marriage and the process is in faithful obedience.
0: Yep. And I think, yeah, it's, it's so true. And I think, you know, I would do the same thing if I clicked, I was like, oh my word, this says why dating isn't biblical and what to do about it. I click on this wanting to hear, I'm like, great, they're going to give me a list. Mm -hmm. They're going to give me a list of things to do. Going back to, if I do these things, then I will get a husband And we've had episodes before, like, especially when we've talked about like physical boundaries and different things where we've said, here are the principles. We are not going to give you a list Mm -hmm. because we are not going to, in this area where it's like, okay, we're not, you know, there's some leeway here. We are not going to impose our convictions on you. We're not going to put them out there as a weight almost of like, okay, they said this, so this is probably right. That's between you and the Lord. We have tried to lay out you know, dating isn't in the Bible. And everyone always says dating's not in the Bible, but there's a lot of principles about relationships. So we've tried to lay out those principles of this is what the Bible does say. This is what scripture does say about who God is, about his sovereignty, about what relationships look like. The rest of this is between you and the Lord. So it's not a cop-out. It's not a, oh, they said they were going to tell us what to do. Well, no, we're not going to give you a list because that's it's not what we're here for. Mm-hmm. But, but we've laid out those principles as we have interpreted Scripture and what God says to hopefully, one, be an encouragement, but two, to say, okay, am I viewing dating as the end of this is to glorify God? The end of this is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. If you ask yourself that question when it comes, to, okay, I don't know what to do. Okay, what would most glorify God? What would most further my being able to reflect the glory of Christ?
1: Does my relationship glorify God? Yeah. If no walk away
0: exactly and trust the lord in that if you are meant to be married he will provide someone else and i think that is probably a good place we to wrap it up we have
1: laid the gauntlet <laughs> down in this one
0: and in case we sounded a little preachy trust me we are preaching to the choir very much, literally mentioned myself multiple very times very much so so I think I'm just, hyper. I don't want it to sound like ever we have things figured out because we don't, we're figuring this out. And so I, I want to be very sensitive to that, but mm. wrap it up there. Good stuff. Yes. This one has been very enjoyable to record. We will wrap it there and we will be back either on Friday with a couch cast or next week with an episode. I don't know. I don't have it in front of me, but until we talk again, I am Bethany. And
1: I am your resident theologian Dalton. <laughs> and
0: this is looking for the middle.